So let me ask you, what do you think the Last of Us menu would look like? Mushrooms. On mushrooms. On mushrooms. (laughs) It's so weird. We didn't plan it. I was hoping you were going to ask me something about that and say, what's on the menu tonight? And I would answer mushrooms and you delivered. We're here. We're queer. Now Now give give me me my my entertainment. entertainment. So, yeah, that truly wasn't planned just now, and I'm happy that we went there. But I mean, we never plan anything. Like, no, the only thing high-level like, we plan is, what are we talking about? Are we talking about this show or this show? I think we both come in knowing that much. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean... Other than that, we have no agenda at all whatsoever. And so we're here we are to talk about But two, here's the agenda. <laughs> yeah, two, two things. <laughs> the menu and The Last of Us. Those are the two big-ish things that and they're completely unrelated except for the fact that we're we've watched them in relatively close proximity that's it that's it you know on this podcast um which i'll I'll, you know we need it's all about us what we're doing my name's elias my name is chris and we uh are the airstreamers podcast and we talk about our random things that we watch that we read that we consume that we listen to throughout the course of the week and in this case it's actually two weeks which is why it's the menu and the last of us now i said big ish because the last of us is actually big real big the menu is not as big yeah and let's just set some ground rules so that folks know what we'll be talking about because it's going to be a complete spoiler for the menu the movie correct and it will be spoiler for the first episode of the last of us correct but i will not spoil anything else in the story of the last of us at all because there's a lot to come and i don't think i can because i don't know anything yes and the reason that sounded very sort of elitist of me like i have some insider knowledge yeah but the reason is because it's based off the video game and from what my understanding is they are hitting all the major bullet points that are in the game and i did play both games so i'm very familiar with the story but um i will not spoil anything outside of for episode one of the last of us so if you've watched neither go now and watch if you don't care about spoilers for either stick around and listen so let's start the menu what did you know going into it i knew nothing other than you said let's watch this movie called the menu and it's about food and i think you said it was a horror i think you led with that like a horror movie I didn't. But I. No, I'll tell you what I said. I said it's a murder mystery, kind of like Knives Out, is what I said. Oh, right. And then right I before. I interpreted we hit, that as horror. But no, you know what it was where you're getting this from? The moment we hit. Uh, just before I hit play on HBO, the, the little blurby thing, it said something, 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 something in this satirical horror movie. And I read that out loud because I was like, hmm. Am I nervous about this or I'm excited about this? Because like horror to me is like blood and guts everywhere and like ripping a flesh and I don't know. Yeah, and that's totally not my my cup of tea. I know, me too. And I was real nervous the whole time watching the movie. Well, it wasn't really any of that. I mean, (laughs) yes, it was partly. So in certain like very, it was more like anxiety inducing, I feel. Like the whole thing was anxiety inducing and there, there, it wasn't like a slasher movie. Think about, 
I mean, there was Think the about one the fourth course. Yeah, that was the one big. Yeah, that was the one big thing. And let's for people since we've cleared the air as far as far as spoilers go. Oh, we're going. Let's not just beat around the bush and say the one gory part of the movie was when he blew his brains out because he was a bad chef and would never amount to him uh, self being like the chef. So let's Let's start the premise. Yeah, let's rewind. Go ahead, Chris. No, you can kick it off. I mean, I think you... Oh, no, it seemed like you had a... Your hand was moving. You had you had some uh, luster to you. About. Oh, you were like ready a, to go. Like a... It was your moment. I was like... And then the, you just uh, dropped the ball. The waiter bringing the course to the, to the yeah. table. Yeah, and then you took it away. Yeah, I mean, the movie is a little bit about... it. So it starts, you really don't know anything. Um, the character is waiting for a boat to pick him up with his supposed girlfriend at at the start of the movie who you think is his girlfriend to pick him up and take him to this island where he's going to have a luxurious meal and he then finds out that um it is a luxurious meal but it ultimately everybody on the island will be killed by the time the meal is done Right. And that is my question when I first got when we first got to that point. My question was, why would anyone go eat here if they know they're going to die? But I think what had happened is that they the chef, the main guy who's played by uh, Ray Fiennes, who's great, wonderful. He's Voldemort. He's a bunch of other things. He's a fantastic actor. And we think I think this was when he snapped like this was the meal in which he snapped and he needed to do things no, in the most perfect I, way to get this final idea across of killing everyone. Yeah. No, I mean, I think they alluded to that in, in the story because there were couples who were deemed regulars, Yeah, which means that they had gone to this restaurant frequently and this was, and so it wasn't that this whole restaurant was prepared for this one dinner to kill people. It's that. Correct. You're it, right. It's that he was doing this and the the chef was doing this. And uh, sort of how, what's read between the lines in the story is that he was fed up and felt that he had put his heart and soul into cooking, into creating these meals and that his client base was unappreciative and disrespectful and that he was sort of done, had nothing more to live for and had established this cult following with his um, kitchen workers where they were willing to die for him. He was ready to die and he was then handpicking uh miserable customers to bring in for that last meal to ultimately kill everybody himself, the staff and the miserable customers in one big last hurrah. Very well said. That's the whole movie. It's <laughs> the whole I mean, movie. You legitimately did it, but I am really fascinated by what you're saying in this idea that he, he felt like if his craft can no longer be joyous to people then yeah like you said what does he have to live for 
a metaphor that can come of this is here is this person who's giving their absolute all doing a million things to make people happy at the most highest level of anyone. And we are unhappy. Like we as humans are just unhappy. Right, people. Right. And this is something that we get when we see new, I don't know, like a new iPhone comes out and this wonderful thing that exists. And then we're like, why doesn't it have this? Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and, and at the end of the day, this chef's, Singular goal was to, you know, make someone's life a little bit better by the food that they were eating. And all of these people not only had visited the restaurant, but they were miserable, awful, terrible people separately. Yeah, I mean, they had different archetypes there. It was like the people who stole from their bosses and who uh, did tax fraud. There was like the womanizer uh, legislature or legislator who like slept around and then had his wife. There was, um, the, like the one that I don't fully get is the actor who it just so happened. Chef didn't like his movie. Yeah. That was a little bit, that was a little, like it was a little like petty. Yeah. I feel a little petty, but I also feel like he was self-centered and that was part of it too, because he was sort of like, Oh, well, like name dropping and saying, well, yeah. I'm friends with chef and that's why I got the table. Yeah. And so like where he really wasn't. So yeah. I feel like there was a little bit of that in it and self-centeredness and also then just being a bad actor and creating a bad movie. And a bad he had that whole story. Yeah, yeah. That whole story where he had like one weekend off in like a month and he curled up to watch this movie and it was miserable (laughs) and that's why he was willing to kill him it's so (laughs) which is why it's a satirical comedy yeah it's hysterical there are many very funny parts um and like it's weird because it's so serious in the presentation of the food um his deliberateness in the uh the scripting of the meal all of that and then uh, at the same time that happens. Yeah. So it's like there's that real weird balancing act that happens. The real, uh, not the real interesting part, but something that makes this even more complicated is these people were selected by him to come to this dinner. And one of the main uh, patrons who was kind of like the initial main character, the guy who was on the boat, he brought someone who was uh, uh, not supposed to be there. So the original person no longer was there for whatever reason. We don't know. And this new person gets brought in and it threw Chef off because now at this point he's like, uh, well, I don't know anything about her. I'm going to kill everyone. Why is she here? Maybe she belongs. Maybe she doesn't. And so his whole goal was to try to get her to be excited by his food. And she was not excited by his food because at the end of the day, she's just sort of like, uh, where am I? What's happening? This is real weird. And um, well, the boyfriend was the story. She's the center. And she's uh, played by the. Um, the actress from uh, Queen's Gambit. Yeah, Taylor and she, Joy or something like that. Yeah, she has a... Um, I, sh- I feel like she has a unique acting style. I love her. But she's really good. I love her. She's a very unique character. Uh, but what we find out is, first... And Anya Taylor-Joy. That's who it is. When they're on the... When they're on the um, on the dock waiting for the boat to pick them up. He, this, this, uh, supposed boyfriend and Anya 
are talking and he's saying how he's a real big foodie. So he like breaks down the meals, gives very serious reviews on them, like not critiques, just is passionate about understanding uh, the intricacies of the meal. I had asked you what a foodie even is because I was like, isn't it just someone who like likes to eat? And you're like, no, no, it's, it's like, like a serious, serious sort of. Yeah. The way that I would be with like a video game critique is the way they would be about like the food critique and the yeah. presentation and the art style. And yeah, the it's not really texture. like it's not. I wouldn't say it's a food reviewer because they're not necessarily critiquing. I would say a foodie is somebody who very much enjoys food, the process of eating food, understanding it, um, trying new foods like yeah. that's how I would imagine a yeah. foodie to be. Yeah. Um, Because there was a a reviewer there uh, as a character. (laughs) She was a a mess. (laughs) And any review that she ever left destroyed the restaurant. You know who she reminds me of? Uh, Sue, what's her name from uh, from Um, Glee? Glee. Sue, whatever. Sylvester. Sylvester. Sue Sylvester. Yeah. Very, looks almost similar, acts very similar, is a very stern person who. Um, nothing is good enough. Nothing is good enough, and that's the thing. That's what. That's why he brought them there. But you know? getting back to this boyfriend girlfriend situation on the dock, they were talking about this this meal and how they're going for this dinner, and it was like he's like, oh well, I spent like twelve hundred dollars a a plate for or you know a head for this dinner. You better enjoy it because she's not a foodie. So he's like spent all this money on the dinner. And initially when we're watching it, we're like, wow, like $1,200 That is ridiculous for a dinner. Then they lead into the actual story. When they get to the restaurant, they basically on this Island have all of the food grown on the Island. The meals are perfectly curated. The setting is absolutely beautiful. It's like served with a glass window in the background and the ocean crashing like waves crashing on the shore, like beautiful. And then I'm thinking like when they start to bring some of the initial meals out and how uh, well prepared they are, how thoughtful they were in uh, the presentation, in the taste, the experience and everything. I'm thinking like $1,200 is like kind of a steal for this, that you're going to have this, luxurious dinner like why is this place not booked to like yeah to 2020 or 2050 and then the bomb drops on i think course four um which was the mess yeah and that's when uh that's when you realize as a viewer things are not right the one moment uh changed the whole course of the game up until that point as a viewer I kind of just thought it's like a little bit of a of like a little mystery. What's what what's up with this? Why is it a little spooky and weird? But then when course four happened, and I love by the way, side note, whenever it got to a different course, there was like a beautiful art, like a graphic that came up and it was like course blank, and then it was like a description of what it was and the yeah. food type and all of and that. And they just got more and, and more wild. More ridiculous as it went on. And so when it got to the mess the guy was basically being told by chef how he'll never get to chef's level. And even though he tried and this and that and the other thing, and he chef basically made him kill himself because he's worthless. And he shot himself on top of a white, uh, like cloth. 
I don't even know what that was like a linen cloth or something that would collect all the blood, but it was beautifully decorated with like holly and all sorts of flowers around yeah. it. And so the mess was that moment. And, uh, you it, know, shocked, it genuinely shocked me. And then that's it, when I was like, Oh, here we go. Blood, guts, and gore. I'm not into it, but like it didn't really fully go there. It always just was one step more weird. It just kept getting more and more weird, but in a good way, like in a way that that tickled my yeah. That, it was is it, the tickle it, feeling. Weird is the best way to describe it. Yeah, it was interesting in that reaction when there was that pivotal point when it was like this is a weird, like an uncomfortable setting that gives me like a feeling of like questioning into this is chaos that like that point in yeah. when the mess happened and it was kind of interesting to see how the different personalities reacted to it because you had the sensible um what was her name anna anya, in anya. The, her real name is anya taylor joy she was had the normal reaction yeah. of like, oh my God, what is going on? Get me out of here. You had the foodie who was just in the moment and was like, just focused on the meal in front of him. And then you had some of the others who were like, oh, this is part of the show and trying to convince themselves mm -hmm. that they weren't in danger and that this was all part of an elaborate plan. Experience. And, and it, it was, was like, wow, yeah. it's real like 4D stuff. Oh, there's blood on my face. This is ketchup. You know? So it was really interesting to kind of see all of that play out. It did get real, uh, like, what's her name who wrote the, and then there were none style. Um, of Mice and Men? No. Wait, <sighs> what? My God, what is her name? Agatha Christie. It got a little like that at the end when it's, I don't know if maybe she's not the right person, but at the end they were all given a chance to run if they wanted to and like yeah then they got caught again but then the one guy who was like supreme foodie was like uh i want to just stay here and watch what's going on which is ridiculous you know he's the uh, one who's he like was the most annoying character um and then you had the other character who was just yesing to death um sue sylvester when yeah when yeah he was, when she was like isn't this just a there's one more grain of salt in this than there should be he's like i know i know oh uh, i hate it I hate uh, when it. she's like he was oh, insufferable. he broke the emulsion and then he brings out the whole that was bowl of, of it where he's like, moments. here's your broken emulsion. Or and it was emul a, Wait, why am I saying that? Emul weird? Emulsion? Emulsion. It was a massive bowl of it and it made me just laugh. Now, the end of it all is, I think it was a little, my only critique, and me and you never talked about this, but it was a little too quick to get to its point, which was the Anya Taylor-Joy, she did figure out a way to, like, escape the room that they were in, like, the, the the setting that they were in, and she got to Chef's house and was able to break in, only to see that in Chef's house was an exact duplicate restaurant with a bed in the chairs, which meant that he probably lived, breathed, and slept, like, everything to do with this restaurant. Creepy. But then she found, like, a secret room that... Very quickly, what she learned from it was that he used to be like a burger chef. And yeah, like his first gig was like a literal, like, like he worked in and like out, a, not yeah. in and out, like a diner burger person. Yeah. And she it very then quickly shifted from that point to her giving this big speech to him because she got caught again, of course, and reminding him, I guess, what cooking for joy is like rather than cooking for. See, I think that you she know, whatever was, that was. She, the only thing that I can say 
regarding that is it did move quickly, but I think it also showed that she was pretty cerebral when like throughout the show or throughout the movie and that she needed that one thing that she could latch on that would get to him that she could then use to escape. And even like when she, she never really like ran or did anything crazy, like, like to try to escape, like some of the others did. She was very much, this is my fate. Even when he came up to her and was having a conversation with her, she was still stern and standing her ground when having the conversation, even though she knew she was like staring at what would basically be her executioner. Yeah. So I feel like once she got that piece of information that knew a little bit about his background, then she could use that to her benefit to ultimately. It reminded me of the Ratatouille scene where they got the guy who was the food critic to like feel joy again. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then he, I never realized that, but yeah, he did feel that. And then he ended up making her a burger, which by the way, side note, she never liked anything that he made. So that was what his thing was with her. He, his final goal was he wanted to get her, um, to eat something that he made that she liked genuinely, not because he's, she's supposed to like it. So she asked for a, like a traditional cheeseburger. He makes the cheeseburger. She eats it. She says it's lovely. And he lets her leave because of it. Well, she says it's lovely. She tips him like pays. Yeah. So it's a full transaction. And then says, I think my eyes were too big for my stomach. And can I get it to go? Yeah. Which he then says yes and lets her leave. Which is incredible. And because this is an island, there's a boat and uh, there she's she goes on the boat to leave. And then the and then we get the final moments. <laughs> and when it started happening, I have to tell you, I knew what was happening. Yeah. From the moment I saw it, I knew what was happening. And she's on the boat. She's driving away with her little to go bag of uh, cheeseburger. And fries. She wanted fries, which were they looked great. And everything ketchup. looked I think great. Ketchup. Look, the meal, the 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 gourmet meal looked great, but I just wanted the cheeseburger. The cheeseburger was. I think about that. I still dream about yeah. that. Yeah. And so then it cuts to inside the the uh, restaurant, and the final thing, which is their dessert, is they're all being outfitted with marshmallow shawls all over their heads. Like the there's like a big giant hole through the connected marshmallows and they put it over like a poncho over everyone. And then they start spilling like molten malt molten molten like um uh chocolate everywhere and yeah, the no, they thing? had a chocolate hat, I think. They had the chocolate hat, and then they were putting out, like, the... The, the graham cracker, The graham cracker, which was going to explode everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she drives away. She looks back. There's a giant explosion, and they're the s'mores. They're s'mores. They're s'mores. They, they became s'mores. They became s'mores. And that I've was the never final heard course. of a meat s'more. I've never in my whole life heard of a meat s'more. And then the best part, she stops, she watches the flames, and takes out her cheeseburger and starts eating. It's one of the most unhinged movies I have ever seen. I loved it so much. It was weird. It was strange. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. And I and when it ended, we paused. And the whole time, we never even talked during it or paused at all. It was just like one continuous watch. And it ended. And Chris was like, I said, it. I'm like, that was really weird. He was like, that was really good. I think I you like, said yeah. it with the, um, and I can't believe I said, I don't know that we have this m- much to talk about with the menu and oh, yeah. we're coming up on time. But um, 
you said the the cinematography with the food was really good mm-hmm. um and it was and that's difficult to do because i can imagine even like having watched like youtube videos of how, how they make um food advertisements and how it has to be quick and prepared because the lettuce will wilt quickly mm-hmm. or it has the, to be in that moment perfect or the lights are too bright in the in the studio and they melt the food or whatever or like, a butterfly like, flies across and lands on the food and then burns its little legs yeah it's like you know? there could be anything could be anything i want to say also that i think chef was modeled after um gordon ramsay i think that yeah i think for sure i think there was like a yeah, I think his passion showed similarly, but I think Chef's was extra, like one level higher. I think Gordon Ramsay could step away from that all and like not be in that world, but I think Chef here in the Oh yeah, I don't think that Gordon Ramsay, I'm not painting not. him as a, a murderer uh, that I know of. But if he is, you heard it here first. Yeah. I what mean, about Giotto? Giotto would turn everybody into pasta. And then a pasta. Bol- is that, and is then she a, the one who says that? Yeah, and a bolognese. Mm, I bet it'd be good. Human bologna. Yeah. I, I think she would make it work. We didn't even the, talk about mushrooms. What would the Parmesan be? Dandruff? No, the foot shavings. Oh, the foot shavings. Yeah. The What is that called? The heel the, shavings. The pedo egg or whatever yeah. it is. Oh, God. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Well, a peda, podiatry egg. It's that little shaver thing, and then you shave the little Parmesan off. Your peel. I, well, I think that everybody's really good. everybody's gagging right now. I'm gagging. You can't <laughs> see it, but you. I'm gagging. It feels good. We didn't talk about mushrooms. So here's the thing. When we first started this podcast, we said we're going to talk about Last of Us. And we didn't. But a quick little uh, homework assignment for an- anyone who's listening. Go watch The Last of Us Episode 1. It's on HBO Max. It is based off of the video game called Last of Us. Um, our friend Danielle, who was on our podcast uh, a couple episodes ago, asked us if we need to wa- if she needs to play the game to understand the show. The answer is you do not at all. It's taking the narrative story that's from the game and just TV-ifying it. For viewers. So my joy of this is that a whole new generation of people who are not gamers who wouldn't have played the game are now going to be able to experience the sort of revolutionary story that is present in The Last of Us. So please go and watch episode one. It's an hour and a half long, so it's on the longer side because it sets the stage very nicely for what's to come. And then we'll be back here next time to talk about The Last of Us. That's the mushroom. That's going to be the mushroom talk. Yeah. So and that's that on sense. the menu. The mushroom, the me- oh, that was good. And I cut you off. <laughs> no, it's okay. That was it. I was just saying. It's on the, on the menu. menu. The menu. Yeah. That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the joke. I said it. You didn't cut me. I said it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're going to do that. And uh, now it's time for us to go and stream on Twitch. So check us out there at twitch.tv slash Airstreamers if you are not already following. And uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Airstreamers podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.